0: Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with our nutritionist in residence, Layla Mutin, known to many of you who are faithful listeners to this podcast. And judging by some of your questions... Some of you are. That's gratifying to hear. So what's next, Layla?
1: We have an email from Bonnie. Hello, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. My husband and I are concerned that the statin his cardiologist put him on is lowering his testosterone, and we want your opinion. Although we follow a low-carb diet, high-quality proteins and fats, lots of vegetables, we take a lot of supplements... My husband decided to follow his cardiologist's advice in 2019 and take a tour of a statin because he has a, fa- a bad family history of cardiovascular disease. A calcium score of over 700 when he was 57. Okay. That's okay. 10 years ago. Yeah, you need a statin when you have a, I'm thinking, a, that high.
0: I'm thinking it's not an irrational decision. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, underwent an, an aortic valve replacement. Oh, A pig valve, so no Coumadin. Okay. And while they were there, decided he needed two bypasses. Whoa! Whoa!
0: So this guy is very high risk. I mean, they just—I mean, look, was it necessary? I mean, I can't do the Monday morning quarterbacking on that because I don't know the situation. But you know, they, right. they saw a lot of blockage, and you know, usually when you have an in- aortic valve uh, uh, replacement, they do a lot of studies on you, and they might have found that the flow was very compromised. So okay.
1: Okay. All right. Well,
0: well, I think you should probably be on a statin as a, you yeah. know, in an abundance of caution. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, some people think I'm disloyal to the banner of uh, of uh, integrative medicine by mm-hmm. copping out and recommending a, a drug, but in this case, I mean that's standard practice. Nothing, yeah, no problem. With that
1: well. My husband was told to double up on the statin because they would not give up until his LDL was seventy. Ooh, right? Well, that's what they—that's the 149. thinking
0: is aggressive exactly. lowering of yeah. cholesterol in people who have demonstrable cardiovascular disease. It goes beyond mere prevention. Right. This right. is like this guy's got it.
1: Yeah, but Bonnie's complaining that after doubling his doses, testosterone fell to one thirty-one. Okay, so let
0: let's look at that. <laughs> I mean, like, why would you say that? I mean, you know, it's like you started this medication. Why would his testosterone drop? Well, guess what is the primary building block for the sex steroids? It's cholesterol. It's cholesterol. The exactly. body synthesizes Yes, it's the substrate, yeah. It is it's the substrate So, for... it, is it you know nutty to suggest that 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 taking a statin to lower your cholesterol so dramatically has an impact on your testosterone? No, it is
1: not. That's why a side effect of being on a statin is low libido.
0: Right, that right. is perhaps part of it. Yeah, uh, you know, there could also be you know muscle weakness that you experience. You know, whatever lack of CoQ ten. Yeah, yeah. So all of that. Uh, however, I mean, stuff happens as you age, and stuff happens uh, subsequent to heart surgery, and sometimes that sure. lowers your testosterone.
1: And her final complaint, anyway, her final complaint is, "Won't the statin increases blood sugar?"
0: And the answer is. It can, especially in women.
1: In women, yeah. Yeah,
0: and that's. Not but if you're
1: really following a good low carb diet, it right, shouldn't you can, impact it as much.
0: Exactly, you can forestall that. Yeah. Yeah, but there there are plenty of studies that show that, uh, and this is actually part of the warning on on statins now is that they may raise blood sugar, uh, especially in women. About a yes. quarter of women to a third experience elevations in blood sugar, hemoglobin A1C, when they take statins. Yeah. Which can't be good for cardiovascular outcomes, you know. Right. But, uh, all right. So, um, well, what do you do for that? Well, just like in the previous question,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, testosterone's low. What can you do? Yeah. Take um, testosterone.
1: Bonnie, I, I'm sure if you listen to this show, you and, our, you and your husband already have looked into other labs, which I talk about in my article, lipoprotein little a. What are his, let's see, she gives us the total cholesterol, the LDL, and the HDL. Nobody's told us about triglycerides. What are the triglycerides? What is the homocysteine? Maybe that could be a, a reason for so much coronary calcium scoring right. as yeah, well. I mean,
0: it, it would be interesting to go into what...
1: So, not just concentrating on the LDL, but if he has a very high lipoprotein little a, that could be a factor. If if the homocysteine is too high, that could be a factor. You're looking at LDL, but how much of that is oxidized? It's another thing I'm going to talk about in an upcoming. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, there are a lot of other uh, markers. Right.
0: And in fact, there are some markers that uh, we're not even familiar with, and that they're coming up with what are called proteomic studies uh, which look at, uh, stuff that, unpronounceable things, stuff that, is not in the common parlance, that are known mm. only to some of these advanced researchers, that they can then, uh, see, they have this thing now called, uh, metabolomics, where they can, they can look, not the average person, but, you know, you can say, I want one of the tests. No, you can't have that because it's, it's like a, it's research. Mm. But in, with metabolomics, they can look mm-hmm. at like 700 different substances and they can map those out on an individual and they can look for unlikely things beyond, you know, we're going to start thinking that uh, cholesterol and HDL and triglycerides are like kindergarten, uh, Yeah. You know, uh, 10 years hence. And
1: yeah.
0: part of the problem is that, you know, when we talk about a few simple things, the human brain can kind of, you know, can can cope with that. But when you talk about uh, 15 or 20 different variables, uh, you need what's called AI, artificial intelligence, and machine learning Mm -hmm. to collate some of these factors. And I think um, some labs are coming up with commercial versions of these tests there will be better predictors of cardiovascular disease than we now have because as we, yeah. you know, we part of what we talked about in part one is we debunk cholesterol as the sine qua non or even LDL as the sine qua non of yeah. risk. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that some people with low cholesterol get cardiovascular disease? Well, it may be due to other things. Sure. Yes, insulin, yes, you know, all that kind of stuff that right. we can't we access now, but there are other things that are, you know. So coming back to this guy with the low cholesterol, I mean, low cholesterol, now low cholesterol, low HDL, I'm sorry, low... Uh, testosterone. Low testosterone. He's a good candidate for testosterone. Now, some yeah. doctors are reluctant to give people with heart disease testosterone because there are some studies that show that uh, when you give hormones to people with um, pre-existing heart disease, that it thickens the blood. It doesn't necessarily have to. Uh,
1: but there has to be a way to counteract that, Exactly.
0: Too. And especially when you're doing all the right lifestyle things, and you're taking fish oil and you know, do all these good things, and if necessary, an aspirin. Um, you can take testosterone safely and it will actually reduce your cardiovascular risk. Why does it reduce your cardiovascular risk? Because it, you know, heart's a muscle. Yeah. Muscles get bigger with testosterone. It makes your muscle stronger, improves your circulation. It improves your joie de vivre. You
1: retain more lean is, body mass. Which is important
0: it. for survival. Sure. You know, uh, cardiovascular disease is related to depression. And mm-hmm. if you feel, you know, like low T and you're know, like, what's it all about? Who cares right. anymore? You're going to be you know, on a slippery banana peel. So, uh, the I, I'm a big fan of using testosterone in our men with cardiovascular d- disease. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's low and if it's affecting him energetically, mood-wise or libido-wise or affecting a relationship, he unfortunately does need to be on that statin. Um, mm-hmm. But we could replace his testosterone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Bonnie...
0: Best of luck to your husband. Good point at which to pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to provide you with this useful message. Listen up, please. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Biomega Fish Oil from Biotics Research. For over 40 years, Biotics Research has been providing the highest quality supplements, surpassing industry standards. Biomega Fish Oil contains therapeutic doses of vital omega-3s in the triglyceride form, which is highly bioavailable. Biotics Research ensures maximum purity and freshness by managing their fish oils from catch to capsule, verified by rigorous independent testing. For more information, go to drhoffman.com slash biotics research. That's drhoffman.com slash biotics research for Biomega fish oil. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And there are not many of those around anymore, are there? So, let's get back to questions.
1: Okay. This is from Carol. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I'm 69. I'm in good health, no comorbidities, and I follow an active, healthy lifestyle. I don't often get sick and haven't experienced as much as even a simple cold in over two years. I've never had a flu She's shot 69. in my life. I could have gone 69. to high school with this girl. She might have been yeah. class of 69
0: or class yeah. of 70. Carol. High school.
1: Yeah. yeah. I can't recall if I've ever had the flu, and at least not in the last 20 years or more. I am not an anti-vaxxer. I think vaccines are important. But as you continue to offer your thoughts on the various types of COVID vaccines, can you please discuss the Johnson & Johnson vaccine? Which is expected to be right. the next one approved. It,
0: it's on. Uh, they've applied for emergency approval. Yeah. And they look like they're headed for approval sometime later this month, yes. late February.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I know it's different than Pfizer and Moderna and seemingly may not be quite as effective in preventing moderate to severe illness. But it's a one illness. shot. But it's a one shot. And at some point in the coming months, I may be able to select a site which has a brand of vaccine that we'd prefer.
0: Well, that's just, let's stop right there. I, I mean, at th- this point, that's not really happening is that, um, you know, we have a lot of consumer choice in this country, uh, more than we need. You know, there's 49 brands of ketchup. Um, but uh, when it comes to vaccines, we're clamoring for availability of vaccines. Yeah. And, you know, you just get what pops up. So you you sign up for a vaccine or whatever it is that's available. It's like, is this Pfizer, is it Moderna? Will it be Johnson & Johnson? Will it be AstraZeneca? Yeah. We don't know.
1: We don't know. And as a follow-up, does one's health status, not just age, impact the level of protection that any vaccine provides? Mm -hmm. Do all senior adults, for example, need to get the quadruple whammy flu shot? Instead of just the regular one.
0: Well, that's a good question, and the answer is very much so. We really believe that, in addition to conferring protection against illness, uh, nutritional status and overall health status, um, yeah, and you know, factors such as, as uh, frailty, obesity, age, uh, underlying medical conditions uh, yeah. have an impact on whether a vaccine is going to take or not. So part of the problem is. Uh, In the vaccine trials, and this has actually become a controversy in Europe because the AstraZeneca vaccine has been approved in Europe. Yeah. But in certain countries, uh, first in Germany and then again in Belgium, the health ministries have said it's not approved for over 55s. Huh. Well, what good is it if it's not approved for over 55s? Because that's the demographic you want. that's the very demographic. So what are you going to have to vaccinate just healthy people? Well, they're being rigorous and correct. They're saying... We've reviewed the data you submitted, and unfortunately, you didn't test a sufficient number of elderly, feeble, nursing home, yes, uh, debilitated elderly people, right? Because that's who we're going to want to give the shot to. So, in all honesty, we can't recommend it for those people because we're looking at your data, and your data does not reflect. And how? And why is that? When you do, when you enroll in one of these studies, it's like you want to be in a study. It's like, yeah, I want to be in a study. All right, let me sign up for a study. I want to get a first shot at the vaccine. It's like usually younger, enthusiastic, proficient sure. people who do that. Yeah. So some elderly person languishing in a nursing home, they're going to say, oh, you want to be in a study? Uh, I don't know. You know especially mm. if they're like demented <clears> or something. And yeah. then it's like, okay, you want to be in the study? Okay, well, here, enter your password, username, password, type it up double time You know, and don't forget your password. And when you, you know, it's like all that stuff that's so daunting to people who are over 75 or 80. And I know there's a lot of people listening who are saying, that's not me. I'm like, you know, all over the computer. And I'm right. But there's a lot of people who just don't do that stuff. And those are the people that would be, that's the way we conduct trials, unfortunately, now.
1: Wow. All right. Carol, thank you okay, for that so, very so, thoughtful so, so question. So, bottom line
0: is like we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, as soon as I have a sense of that, I will try and report on it. You know, like which vaccine is more effective, which one is safer. But it's like it's it's sort of like the starting bell at the you know Kentucky Derby. It's the horses are just out of the gate. Yeah, and you can't uh, say who's going to cross the finish line because you know one may you know stumble and fall back. Mm-hmm. Another may come up strong on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't know. And yeah. it, it, there are two aspects. One is effectiveness and the other one is safety. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're not necessarily commensurate. One could be right. both more effective and also more hazardous. Right. Um, We're going to
1: have to wait and see as more and more of the population gets vaccinated.
0: Right. Okay. And it's... A big
1: experiment, it is. Know, it is. But it is a is big it, experiment. Is it
0: worth it? I mean, it's a terrible pandemic, so people are, you know, sure opting for some degree of uncertainty.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Brian sent us an email. Good morning, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Our family history includes Alzheimer's disease, and I'd like to hear what you think about using IV vitamin C or chelation to mitigate the effects of this illness. My brother and I are in our, in our 60s, so we would appreciate your
0: thoughts. Uh, IV vitamin C isn't going to do anything for
1: No, it, not for but chelation
0: might, because heavy metals are implicated, and the idea oh, yeah. behind chelation is to pull out excess iron, cadmium, mm-hmm. to some extent mercury, and that could uh, have a beneficial effect. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to go that extra mile and undergo a series of chelations, that could potentially help, but... There's probably a lot of ways that people move towards dementia. And, you know, some are dietary and some are related to pollution and yeah. some are related to genes and some are related to nutritional status. There may be some place for protective nutrients. We believe yeah. so. So, yeah. yes, chelation could
1: be, but could be not IV vitamin C. Yeah, IV opinion. vitamin C, no, not so much. That's more for immunity than anything. Okay. Brian, thank you for that question. Oh, and this comes from Sharon. Can Zerelto lower your white blood cell count? And what can raise it? And this is about her daughter, who's 52, had ovarian cancer and a complete hysterectomy and chemo and now has very low white blood cell counts, which can happen. Well, that that's the more yeah. approximate cause. Yeah, that would be the cause of the low white blood cell count. We but often she's see people
0: who've had intensive chemo, they never... Fully recover their blood counts.
1: Yeah. She's also wondering if Zarelto could also cause uh, low blood cell
0: counts. Well, it's kind of like if you get run over by a truck and then, uh, you know, we get run over by a bicycle, you know.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) You know,
0: it's.
1: (laughs) Okay. Right, right. Uh, Since before her surgery, she's been on Zarelto for blood clots, found last spring either from having COVID in March. Or something to do with vein pressure before her hysterectomy. She did have a blood clot on her lungs a week after COVID and was hospital- hospitalized. Which is susceptible
0: to blood yeah. clots. Yeah.
1: So she needed to be you know, on Zarelto. Some Zeroto. patients with cancer
0: get uh, a higher likelihood of blood clots. But uh, you know side effects of drugs um, Start with the more common side effects. And I'm looking at the common side effects of Xarelto, which is fatigue, uh, abdominal pain, back pain, muscle spasm, dizziness, fainting, anxiety, depression, trouble, sleeping, itching. Well, Well, you know, of course, serious risk of bleeding. Yes, it's a blood center, allergic reactions. Um, And, uh, you know, usually if you look at a recitation Mm -hmm. of the side effects of drugs, um, uh, and you go down far enough, you will find your side effect. Because yeah. it's, because it's reported, you know, say in the control group, it, it happened like, uh, you know, 0.5% of the time. And in the treatment group, it happened like, uh, 1% of the time. So yeah. it doubled the risk of this rare side effect. But that doesn't add up to too much. It doesn't right. mean that it happens very often. Right. But it, it is daunting. Uh, don't read the package insert on most drugs that you mm-hmm. take because you'll just go, oh my God. It's like those commercials on TV. It's like right. you see this pleasant bucolic scene and then this is may cause sudden death. May cause- oh,
1: I know. In this very kind of telling yeah. of a nice little... Fairy tale story to your little one. Right. And- <laughs> yeah, it's like here we are. We're ha- we're cause, We're having fun. We're having a pool par- suicidal a- si- suicidal ideation. Yeah, we're having
0: a pool party. It's like you know. It's like- or psychotic breaks. Speaking <laughs> of one of those ads, I, it's the funniest thing. I I saw an ad for mm-hmm. uh, a psoriasis medication. There's a lot of them out there now. Yeah, those powerful powerful medications. Mm-hmm. So very powerful immunosuppressants. Good drugs.
1: graphics too on how they show those
0: yeah. plaques. So anyway, so what do they do? They show they show the guy. And he's at his, uh, I guess he's at his prospective, uh, in law's house because he's dating or he's, you know, visiting his, his father and mother in law. And so what activity are they engaged in? They're making homemade pasta. Making homemade pasta. So it's a commercial for somebody with psoriasis. And oh, by the way. All that gluten. I looked it up. <laughs> there's a, there's actually a fairly robust literature which links the consumption of gluten to yeah. psoriasis. Now, yeah. I will say this. Uh, not everybody who has psoriasis is going to get better when they stop gluten. Yeah, But it's if it's a 20% or a 30%, yeah. isn't it worth a try? So here's this commercial, and it's like, take this powerful immunosuppressive drug and make homemade pasta, you know, with like yes. the, the homemade pasta The, machine. the machines, Like exactly. with the hand, you know, yeah. Gra- <laughs>
1: It's like, My mother had one of those. My it, aunts had one like, of those. Yeah.
0: why did they pick these situations? And then, you know, like ulcerative colitis, they'll be like, let's go to the fairgrounds and let's eat the, you know, the, the chili, chili dog. dog. <laughs> right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. right. But Sharon wants to know, so what can help raise her white blood cell counts? Anything? Is mean, you know, you something? Yeah, astragalus. Astragalus. Yeah, astragalus.
0: Uh, which is a good uh, support, you know, could mm-hmm. consider, consider AHCC. Uh, there are some studies about AHCC, something... HCC,
1: which is mushroom.
0: Something that they put mm-hmm. in vaccines, which is interesting. They do that to stimulate immunity. Squalene. Oh. Squalene taken orally could be... They put it in vaccines. that As an adjuvant, right? As an adjuvant. Yeah. They, that's one of the reasons why they're afraid that COVID will cause the extinction of a major species, not the human species, but sharks.
1: Oh, my. Because
0: a lot of the vaccines are amped up with squalene.
1: What about shark? cartilage, shark not liver shark, oil? Shark liver is, is, shark is the source
0: of squinting, not, not okay, shark cartilage. Okay. okay. That, that shark, shark cartilage liver. was that thing with like the anti-cancer, you know, sharks okay. don't get cancer thing, you know, with, uh, you know, that- so
1: we, How maybe, do we know sharks don't get cancer?
0: Well, it turns out sharks can get cancer, okay. but, you know, they- I'm
1: like, Who checked all the sharks in the ocean I, and said they don't get
0: cancer? When was the last time you saw a shark with a cigarette? <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. It's right, like, right. come
0: on. You know, they li- they, yeah. they live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's like...
1: So stragglers. I mean,
0: human iron. flesh is paleo. They consume that, so...
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Sharon, best of luck to your daughter. Wow. Okay. All right. Okay.
0: Well, I think we kind of went through some of our mailbag, so that's all the time we have for yeah. today. Wow. Keep sending those questions to radioprogram at AOL.com. And remember, as uh, you know, it, it seems like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? You know, it's like yet another Q and A with Layla, yet another dark winter day. <laughs> right. You know, it's like black turtleneck. And yet another, you know, <laughs> day of uh, the pandemic. But um, right, okay, one of these days we will awaken from this, this, uh, you know, hopefully th- this
1: this this slow moving car crash. Right. This stupor. Yep. Feels like. Especially in the dead of winter like this, it's like, but
0: yeah. So, uh, all the best yeah. to you as you uh, maintain your resiliency and resourcefulness in the face of adversity. Yes. Uh, when we return, hopefully, we'll have better news for you.
1: Yes. Thank you for
0: joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.
1: This is Layla Mutin, R.D. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.